Hey, greetings, sports fans, Catholic Radio listeners. My name is Steve Ferguson, and I'm joined by our co-host, Brad Moore, and you're listening to Two Guys and a Conversation on 88.1 Catholic Radio. Brad, we've had a lot of discussions about uh, high school football in our area, and particularly Healing Crusaders, which, you know, we both have a, a, a past invested interest, interest in with our kids going there, but we talked about healing and having the pride and put it back on the jerseys and they may not have had it on their jerseys last Friday night, but it certainly showed through in a 12 point comeback win on the road against a really good storm Lake team that really showed us on bread. Yeah. They were losing uh 30 to 18 going into the fourth quarter. Things look bleak. And when you're a team that's one and six and, and you're down 30 to 18, I mean, it takes a lot of character to uh, keep fighting and come back in that game. You know, people talk about it. Uh, there's something special in the building when they talk about healing, and it showed certainly showed Friday night. It was an exciting uh, uh, radio call by uh, Bob Geary and Jay Wright. I listened to the whole thing. I was home, uh, and uh, Callie, it was fun to to listen to the healing uh, fight through and beat a team like that that's in playoff contention, and just a lot of kids making big plays and. And we talked about the carryover and, and how important how you end the season can be to the next season. And and I know there's a lot of guys that are disappointed in their record, and, and that's a good thing because the expectation level is high. But, man, it was fun to hear names, uh, some of the bloodline names that we we uh, we, we know and, and hear a lot of. Uh, you know, Bork had some great runs from the fullback position, made some plays on defense. Um, Boo Pratt had another uh, big game with an interception. Um, and, uh, and some other big plays offensively. Vasalkas uh, had some had a touchdown uh, reception, uh, and Michael Rizik had a big game as a, kind of known as a good defensive back. But he uh, had a big run, a touchdown pass, and another big fourth quarter uh, fourth down reception from Luke Longo that set up another Crusader score. So you know, there's a senior that you know finishing out strong, and and of course some of the other. Names that we hear a lot of, Kate Block had a great game. You know, Kobe Claiborne, uh, who, by the way, was the Superman Athlete of the Week. We'll talk about Kobe in a minute. But uh, that's, that was my thoughts, Brad, when I was listening to the game. Yeah, so you've got Cade uh, Block, 10 tackles. Um, wow. you, know, you know, that's not a name that a lot of people have heard a lot of at Healing yet, but they will hear a lot of uh, about the Block family coming up as uh, they've got a lot of kids that are great athletes. Uh, Luke Longball. Uh, continuing to progress like we thought he would, 248 yards yep. passing, three TDs. And Kobe Bork, who uh, his brother Braden says yeah. is the second best fullback and the second fastest uh, Helam football player in the family. <laughs> uh, only six attempts, but 72 yards. So great great game by a lot of those seniors. And uh, next, Spencer, 4-4. Four and four. Uh, These teams appear to be pretty evenly matched, but tonight, yeah. Memorial Field, uh, 7 o'clock. I think the Crusaders will definitely take this momentum and, and finish out the season strong. Let's talk about Kobe, Kobe Claiborne. Obviously, we've, we've mentioned him before as one of the top players on Helan, a captain, a leader. Really good article in the Sioux City Journal. Uh, I read it. You know, and His leadership, you can really tell he's a pretty special kid by his commentary, how they've uh, held it together in a disappointing season. Um, but he's got some unique offers. He's a pretty good wrestler. He's got an offer to wrestle at Stanford, uh, Brad, and he's also got a D1 offer from Army. And he's six foot tall, 260, quote, undersized, 
that's the type of guy that Iowa usually has playing defensive tackle is, uh, you know, a Matt King or somebody that's a, a little undersized but super quick and athletic as a wrestler. And I'm surprised that uh, the Hawkeyes haven't been knocking on the door and asking him to uh, to consider maybe even a preferred walkman. Stanford asked him to be a preferred walkman in football, so that's saying something. Well, um, I, I had a friend of the family's uh, turn down an offer from Nebraska and go to Stanford, and so I know that that's a great school, great football program. Um, he's probably a couple inches, two or three inches short of going anywhere he wants, Uh Fast yeah. motor, it's, great player. Yeah, yeah. I think those are the intangibles. And that's always the thing that Reese Morgan, who is a really legendary coach at Iowa that retired, he's the one that found the, the jewels of, you know, I, I say jewels, Josie Jewel, didn't have an offer. And he was offered as the last, he didn't have any Division One offers. Iowa offered him. He was going to go to Luther, and he's playing for the Broncos. And Reese Morgan always seemed to find those guys uh, throughout the state of Iowa and in the Midwest. I just feel like Kobe Claiborne is probably one of those type of kids that's flying under the radar. It's going to make somebody very, very happy wherever he goes to play football. Uh, don't bring up Josie Jewell. I, I swear that kid was at Iowa for six years. I got tired of seeing him uh, pound on the Huskers. <laughs> Gosh, he was a good player. He was so fun to watch. Um, and, and a guy that's uh, too small and too slow. Okay, how many times do you hear that in sports? Uh, a couple other no- notable things in the in the area. Uh, Sioux City East has had a great year, and they knocked off Ankeny in a huge game, seven to six tonight, keeping their playoff hopes alive. And they they've really had a bounce back season uh, in that four uh, A level. And and you really you know when you really think about it, um, Keelan was right there with them. So that that what if of the Heelan football season is really a reflection of, of what if for Sioux City East, who's had a really good year. Yeah, I think I counted Heelan lost three games uh, by less than a touchdown. Their defense kept them in it all year. Uh, so yeah. Heelan was close, and it's really good to see East having a good year. Are they no. a playoff contender, or do we have to wait for games tonight to finish? Uh, they need uh, someone to help them. Uh, I think they're on the bubble, and I think there's going to have to be some teams that uh, that win some games for them to get in. So I don't know if they're going to make it or not. Yeah, well, good luck to you. Uh, yeah, Dakota Valley uh, smashed uh, a tri-center or tri-valley or something like that, uh, 63 to 14, and I think that sets them up to continue to be uh, eligible to be the uh, playoffs out here in uh, our area. West and uh, North seasons are, are done. Sergeant Bluff's going to be uh, uh, in the playoffs, and um, It'll be fun to uh, see how they, they do. I think Storm Lake, Sergeant Bluff may play tonight, which is a big game. I think if Storm Lake would knock off Sergeant Bluff, they would make the playoffs as well. So that's something to watch uh, uh, tomorrow, see how that game turned out. Yeah, so one of the uh, parents parents told me that uh, Dakota Valley 6-3 and three should make the playoffs, but they have to wait and uh, see a few games, how they uh, turn out tonight. Oh, okay, they're on the bubble too. Okay, good, good to know that. Uh, Healand volleyball season uh, came to an end. Uh, their their first year under Lauren Brobst and uh, got upended in the regional play by uh, OABCIG uh, over at uh, Odebold, I think was where that was at. And uh, Dakota Valley volleyball and East volleyball. Uh, East is marching along still, won their first round and uh, trying to uh, uh, get a couple upsets to make it the state tournament. They got a nice little team over there and hope that they can continue. Sergeant Bluff is obviously going to be in the running for state championship. We'll watch their march. And, of course, Dakota Valley ranked number two uh, in the state of South Dakota, 28-3. and three. 
and uh, preparing now for uh, district play next week, and um, they should make it down and uh, to the uh, the elite eight down at uh, South Dakota and have a chance at maybe uh, bringing home the gold, Brad. Yeah, so they lost the rematch with Sioux Falls Christian. Um, so that is a collision course that's going to happen, I think, at State Volleyball. I, I would I would anticipate yeah. that at some point uh, DV and Sioux Falls Christian will play for the for the third time this year. Yeah. Well, I think DV has got themselves ready. They they played some really good competition. They went up to Hall and they they played the Lamar's tournament. They played Sergeant Bluff and Sioux Falls Christian twice, and and so they 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 know what the bar is if they're going to try to get there. Uh, and then try to bring home that championship. Yeah, so what I like in uh, state playoffs and uh, districts and when the pressure is on uh, volleyball, just like football, it uh, comes down to the execution of the quarterback. And I think DV and their setter, uh, I-, I like their chances. Yeah, no doubt about it. She's a special player, and I think they're going to do really, really well. Hey, man, that was good. We got more to chat about on uh, Big Ten football coming up after our break on two guys and a conversation. We'll see you on the backside. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Two Guys and a Conversation. Steve Ferguson here along with our co-host, Brad Moore. And this is the section of our show that Brad and I uh, just kind of have a, a laundry list of things we like to talk about. However, our laundry has been primarily Big Ten football <laughs> through the first uh, eight or nine shows that we've had. But it is Stephen Brad's room of knowledge. Brad, tell me about uh, this cross-country program over at Bishop Heelan. Uh, they're back to state again, huh? Yeah, so that was a special request uh, from my wife. She said, make sure to give a shout-out to the Heelan Girls cross-country team who is returning to the state uh, tournament for the 13th year in a row. It's a very impressive run. Uh, Iowa commit Amber Asoff uh, was third at districts, wow. uh, and uh, she'll lead Heelan uh, in, in their bid for a state championship. Go Hawks. That's another great one to uh, to head down to the University of Iowa. Love it. Um, you know, in our uh, upcoming shows, basketball season, Brad, is, is getting rolling here. And, and I'm going to give you a couple updates on, on Morningside later in the show where they're starting out the season in national rankings. But uh, we're going to have a lot of a lot of stuff to uh, to talk about in our room of knowledge with basketball and football intermixed. And and uh, it's going to get exciting. Uh, this is a great time of year when we start to clash basketball with football in, in my house. Yeah, my we, might, we might have to stretch out our show a little bit. We're going to have uh, volleyball not yet finished, football going on, yeah. uh, women's basketball, men's basketball yeah. starting. So yeah. <laughs> no, no uh, yeah. shortage of uh, topics to talk about. No, no. We'll have to actually focus. We'll have to focus and actually talk we about We might have to prep, that. Fergie. We're going to have to prep for the show. <laughs> Exactly. Hey, speaking of prepping, I think the the conference should be renamed uh, Ohio State and the other 11. You know, the Big Ten Conference is really separated now with Wisconsin getting upended, in my opinion. I've got Ohio State number one. I've got Penn State number two in my, my lineup right now. Uh, I'm moving Minnesota up. Um, I'm just kind of lost in my in my rankings, Brad, because it's such a I think a separation now with Ohio State, man. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I I was I, I was shocked, but not shocked. Um, I I didn't think that Wisconsin had the athletes that Ohio State did, um, and, and Wisconsin really stubbed their toe. The interception late uh, set Illinois up at the fifty. Uh, I watched most of the game. 
Um, and then Purdue makes it tight against the Hawks. I think you're exactly right, is you have Ohio State at another level, and then you have everyone else, and on even, any given Saturday, anything's going to yep. happen. So the Wild West is in for a great finish. Oh, my gosh. It's uh, It all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, Minnesota looks to be somewhat in the driver's seat. I mean, they've got some tough games coming up, but they're undefeated and they don't, they've got that, that, that carryover, you know, the carryover from the East versus the West. And they didn't get stuck with, you know, too many big games. I think they got Penn state only. Um, and then of course they had Rutgers, which was a, which was a give me. And then I think Maryland. So um, uh, they're kind of in the driver's seat and then and, and controlling their destiny. That's for sure. They got a, a, a collision course with Iowa coming up at, uh, at, at Kinnick later in, in the, in the season. Um, so I don't know. I've got Ohio State one, Penn State two. What, who do you got at three right now? You know, I, I still like uh, Michigan. Um, I, I know I keep saying that, but uh, they're actually favored by four over uh, Notre Dame this weekend, which is a little bit of a head scratcher. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I thought their second half was phenomenal against uh, Penn State. You know, they just they just couldn't quite get it done. But I. I mean, after they they weathered that, what wasn't it twenty one zero? They were down. Yeah. From then on, they were the superior team um, in all facets, and so yeah, they're uh, boy, you sure, sure wouldn't want to play them, and they're going to be very edgy. So I I, I can see where uh, uh, Michigan might be favored in that Notre Dame game, but that's going to be an interesting game as well. And they've got Ohio State left, and they got Michigan State left yet, so they got a lot of big games coming up on their on their schedule. But I I would definitely agree. I have Minnesota at four. Um, Gophers continue to uh, uh, underwhelm me, but but are impressive. Okay, they're 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 playing some good football, but I just I, I don't know if I can handle PJ Fleck high fiving anymore, and jumping up. I hope he falls and sprains his ankle and stays grounded. You know. Um, <laughs> so Minnesota I, I, you know, upcoming, they have yeah. Penn State, and then they have Iowa, and then they're going to finish up the season against Wisconsin. So. Big matchup to me is that Minnesota Iowa game coming up on uh, November sixteenth. Yeah. That that in yeah, my mind is going to be the uh, big West, the uh, West championship. I think that uh, Wisconsin will lose again. Um, so if there's a bunch of teams with two losses, I, I I like Iowa over Minnesota. Yeah, you know the Hawks played another game uh, similar to uh, Michigan. Uh, just really could not get any big plays on offense, uh, couldn't finish drives. And, and I thought they played well. I thought their defense played well. I mean, it was an electric atmosphere, um, you know, and, uh, and then they turn around and come back to Purdue, and you're thinking, okay, uh, we're going to smash Purdue. Gosh, Purdue hung around there, played well, and uh, Iowa kind of had to hold on there, Brad. So yeah. I, I just don't know. It's just Iowa football, you know, yeah, week so- in, week out, you Interesting for Iowa at Northwestern. Northwestern's got a great uh, defense. Iowa's had trouble putting points on the board recently, so could be a, a trap game a little bit. Uh, let's hope not, because uh, I'd like to well, work, I'd like to to head to Indianapolis with you in December. Hey, listen, uh, trap game. Iowa's lost three in a row to Northwestern. I don't think they'll be overlooking the Wildcats. Uh, they need to. They need. I've been here now twice. And I'm going to the game tomorrow, by the way. Uh, I'm 0 for 2 in Evanston. And uh, I tell you what, I got a lot of respect for, uh, for their coach, uh, you know, Pat Fitzgerald. He's, uh, he's an old linebacker. And he knows how to defend Iowa. So it's going to be a tough game. I hope they pull it out and uh, that we can get some momentum 
uh, we have bye week. Get some momentum for that Wisconsin game because um, we need to be healthy and, and have uh, all hands on deck. Um, one little tidbit on the Hawks before we move on. Brandon Smith, who's really started to emerge uh, as, a, as a target. I think he's had 14 catches the last two games, Brad, and really starting to be that wide out that Iowa has really needed. Got hurt very late in the game. It's going to be out possibly four to six weeks. Um, and that's going to be a big blow. So now we've got the Oliver Martin transfer possibly get more snaps. Uh, Calvin Lockett, a receiver out of Florida that's a burner, uh, is going to possibly get some looks. And, and we'll see how that hampers Stanley because uh, Smith was a big target for them. So Stanley uh, does better when he has a, a, a vertical threat. Uh, I think it opens yeah. up uh, their game a little bit. And, and it seems like in the big games – uh, Stanley always hits one big play down the field. So, yeah, let's hope they find that player. So in the last uh, few decades, or not a few decades, few years, I was 41-4 and four when they rushed for more than 100 yards, and they're 1-14 when they rushed for less than 100 yards. They barely cracked 100 yards against Purdue. So that statistic is one that we always have to watch with the Hawkeyes. Yeah, it's going to be right, tough tell me about, against Northwestern. Tell me, oh, it will be tough. Tell me a little bit about uh, Nebraska coming up here in this matchup. You know, so they're not they're not favored at home against Indiana. I never thought I'd see the day where I would say uh, Nebraska at home wow. underdog to Indiana. Nebraska's uh, top uh, two quarterbacks are are dinged up and questionable. Uh, both Martinez and uh, Noah Vedrill. They they practiced, but they're they're a question mark. Uh, top two running backs: Wondell Robinson and uh, Maurice Washington. Uh, Washington's uh, no no longer on the team, and uh, Robinson is a big question mark as well because of injury. So they're going into this game potentially very shorthanded. Uh, I think that's the reason for the spread. Um, Indiana is having a good year, only two losses. I think they're five and two. They've they've got a question mark at their quarterback as well. So I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna watch, and we're gonna see what happens. But uh, could could be uh, a, a pretty tough draw for Nebraska at this point. Well, you know, I think it's an opportunity for the black shirts to show up. You know, this is going to be a game where maybe the defense has to really kind of uh, hold serve and see if you can pull one out. And they've proven that they can do that. Um, but that would be uh, – Indiana is tough. They're a dangerous team, in my opinion. Yeah, so, and, if, they, uh, so if, if they get by Indiana, um, you know, then they've got another bye week coming up. Uh, they're going to have Indiana, Purdue. Um, I think both of them are winnable. And, and then a bye week. So – if they could get healthy, sneak by those two games, get healthy, uh, then they're uh, what are they six and four or six and three or whatever they are now. Um, then you never know what's going to happen the rest of the year. But uh, Scott Frost finished the last half of the year last year very strong. Um, so let's. I, I'm hoping that they can really find the rhythm and rally uh, for the end of the year this year. Yeah, it'd be great to get off to a bowl game this year and kind of, you know, springboard in Nebraska. So I, I, I'm optimistic. Frost is a very, very good coach. Hey, we're going to talk a bit more Huskers uh, in the next part of our uh, last show, College Sports Roundup, little Iowa State and Iowa Morningside Briarcliff. We'll catch you after the break on Two Guys in Conversation. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Two Guys in the Conversation. Steve Ferguson, along with our co-host, Brad Moore, and we're at the College Sports Roundup section of our show. We talk a little Morningside, Briarcliff, Iowa State, uh, Iowa, and Nebraska. Some final thoughts on uh, on those schools. Um, Brad, as we were talking about uh, College Sports Roundup, I was over at uh, 
Morningside campus Saturday, a beautiful day for football. And I watched uh, the Alabama of the GPAC slash NAI, your comment last week. And I shared that comment with a few of the parents and, and fans there, and they loved it. I'm not so sure that's not going to come out on a T-shirt. But they <laughs> showed great. it. They showed it. Jamestown comes out and uh, apparently was talking a little trash uh, before the game. 37-0 end of the first quarter uh, on the way to a 61-0 blitzing of Jamestown. Uh, just a couple of quick highlights. Dolinchek went 13 for 14 for the game, 239 and four TDs. Continues to have an incredible year throwing the football. A.J. Ponder had another 100-yard game on 13 rushes. Um, Reed Jurgenmeyer. Here's a guy that we wondered about. Golly, how do you replace Niles? You know, who was just a been was an amazing receiver. You don't really replace him. But Jurgenmeyer's having a huge season. He had uh, guys three touchdown receptions, caught five balls for 107. He catches the ball high point, Brad. He's a high point receiver. His hands are always up, never has the ball hit in his body, runs incredibly precise routes. He reminds me kind of a like a smaller TJ Hawkinson that played for the Hawks, the way he runs down the field and catches the football. Um, Bo Ells, whose dad is the defensive coordinator at the University of Colorado, is having a huge senior season as a receiver and punt returner, leading the GPAC, I believe, in yards uh, uh, receiving at four for 62. Uh, defensively, Jacob Kotzer, one of the two twins, middle linebacker, member of the national uh, All-State Good Hands team being awarded at the Sugar Bowl this year. Jacob's a, a special kid. Had seven tackles and two sacks to lead the defense. Here's the question mark, and this is what was discussed after the game, Brad. How do you keep improving? How do, how do you keep the edge when you are just destroying people? And, um, you know, I, that's a question mark for me. Yeah, score 40 in the first quarter. I don't know. I, I I couldn't score. I, mean, I couldn't score thirty-seven points in on Xbox in the first quarter. So that that's such a it's an amazing start to that game. Yeah, well, I've been to two home games, and it was the first quarter against uh, their opening opponent was thirty-five zip, and this one's thirty-seven zip. And I'm I'm wondering how do you keep your players up? How do you keep that edge? I mean, they talk about Coach Ryan um, is when you see the look in their eyes and the team on their heels, he presses. He goes press. It's like basketball when you see a, a team that's kind of like on their heels and you just attack further. And he is a he, they attack when they see it defensively and offensively. They just all of a sudden recognize the teams on their heels. They blitz, they throw the long ball, then they let them come in and they throw a screen pass. It's like they just are two steps ahead of their opponent every game, and it's really impressive. I think their coaching staff there is incredibly talented, Brad. Yeah, obviously they reload every year, and what an amazing job. They've done this year after the losses uh, of Niles oh. and Salzma. We talked about it early yeah. in the year. You know, how do you replace yeah. those two two kids? And uh, they've not only replaced them, but they've added some other playmakers at the skilled positions. And what a great coaching job by Morningside's coaches. Well, all, all the guys that we discussed, except for uh, on offense, except for Bo Ells, are coming back next year, sophomores and juniors. So they're going to be extremely talented on offense again next year. Um, and, and a couple of quick notes from Morningside. Uh, volleyball is kind of sliding through, through the end of the season. They're going to get the host because Briarcliff has kind of went in the dumps. But uh, lost a couple of matches, 3-0 to uh, Jamestown and 3-0 to Dort. They're 14-9, and 7 and 7th place in the conference. Kind of a disappointing season. However, going great highlight, Brittany Olson from Sergeant Bluff Luton, middle blocker, senior, went over 1,000 kills. 
She's now the 13th player in the history of Morningside Volleyball to achieve that. Congratulations to Brittany. She's a real talent and uh, really has had an outstanding career. Uh, men's basketball is preseason ranked number four in the country and women's basketball number 19 in the country. And Brad, we got to get Jamie Sales on an interview. That might be one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. So yeah, I look forward to that. that. He's, he's incredibly successful, so I would love to get him on the show. Yeah. Hey, tell me a little bit about uh, the happenings over at Briarcliff. Right yeah, now. up at the cliff. So uh, Briarcliff football had a bye week. They're four and three. They're tied for fourth in the G-Pack at three and two. Uh, they play Saturday at Memorial Field, home game, one o'clock kickoff against Hastings College. I kind of uh, uh, overlooked uh, mentioning last week uh, in their win, Peyton Bailey, senior linebacker. We talked about him uh, preseason as a preseason uh, all GPAC player. Uh, he's back. He's healthy. He missed a few games there in the middle. Uh, he was their offensive player of the game, or I'm sorry, their defensive player of the game last week. So uh, they're going to be a lot better with him back on defense. Uh, Briarcliff Volleyball. Boy, you mentioned it. They're on a slide. They've lost their last seven. They've lost 11 of their last 13 after starting 11 and 3 and 2 and 0 in the conference. They're now 13 and 14 overall and 3 and 9 in the G Pack. Uh, so, quite a slide for them. Concordia tonight at home at 7 30. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, you know, that's the way it goes in the G Pack. It's, uh, it's a tough conference, and uh, if you get uh, momentum going the opposite way, it's, uh, it's tough to rebound. But yeah, they've had a brutal, um, brutal road schedule yeah. here recently that uh, against some highly ranked opponents and all on the road. And, you know, it's just, it was a t- tough little stretch there. But they're back at home. They've, had some, they've got some home games coming up, so let's hope they finish strong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Iowa State Cyclones, Brad, you know, we, we chatted a little bit early in the season about them, and then we kind of stopped talking about them, and all of a sudden now they're 5-2, and 3-1 and one in the Big 12, and uh, that loss to Baylor uh, looks even, it makes them even look more impressive because Baylor's now ranked 14th in the country, and they had that game down there and then just let a late field goal beat them. And then, uh, of course, the loss to Iowa, who's still ranked in the top 20. So Iowa State got some huge games coming up. They're, they're uh, playing Oklahoma State. State um, this weekend and big game for the Hawks. Uh, I'm mean, not for the Hawks, the Cyclones, because after that, they got Oklahoma, Texas coming up and then Kansas State. So big game this weekend. If they can pull that off, uh, they're going to be that's going to be some big time games to uh, to watch here uh, with the Cyclones. Yeah. So Brock Purdy, if he stays healthy, what an electric player. I love watching him play. <laughs> Uh, they're favored by seven over Oklahoma State, so they should get it done. I think they're at home, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I let's hope so they too. win that one. And, and you're right, they're a field goal away from uh, having a really special season. Brock Purdy's completing 70% of his passes, Brad. 14 TDs, four interceptions, throwing for 312 yards a game. Plus, he can run the ball. Yeah, if you and, watch uh, him, he, he's got that uh, that, that ability. Uh, Trent Salzma had this, too. They just feel uh the pressure they have an awareness of where the rush is coming from they always seem to step up or step to the side or somehow avoid uh pressure in the sack uh it's great when you have a quarterback that can do that yeah feeling feeling the pocket is a unique gift uh, that's for sure and you see the great ben roethlisberger who can't run a lick is an amazing pro quarterback that always just kind of sidesteps and finds an alley you know, uh, Drew Brees is the same way. They're just interesting how they can handle that uh, pocket pressure and yeah, not get rattled. The great ones have to be like that or you don't last long in the NFL. Yeah, that's for sure. 
a couple final thoughts before we sign off on, on Nebraska. Uh, volleyball, where are they at right now? So they're, uh, I think they're ranked third or fifth last I looked. They've only lost a couple matches. They've got a couple uh, road road games uh, coming up on their schedule, but really playing well. Um, Maddie, uh, I forget her name, Kubik, I think is her name, out of Des Moines, true freshman, has filled in nicely at an outside hitting position. She's really been the key. They've got a lot of returning players, although they are young. Uh, and she really she stepped into uh, all American Michaela Fecky spot uh, and has really been playing well. I think she's uh, won some uh, athlete of the week awards and you know really has sparked uh, the Huskers uh, early in the season. So, uh, but they're in the heart of the Big Ten and Big Ten volleyball is the toughest in the country. So they've yeah, got uh, yeah. quite a tough road yet, but um, I, I expect that they'll compete for the Big Ten title. Um, they, they should be close. They've got, as I said before, uh, uh, Nicklin Haynes, their, their setter, a sophomore, she's out of Tennessee. She's pretty special and she's got them clicking right now. That's awesome. That's going to be fun. I mean, every once in a while on the big 10 network, I've watched a little big 10 volleyball, man. It is impressive. And, uh, uh, I'm sure that uh, things will be wired down there in Lincoln in some upcoming matches. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun next week, Brad, uh, recapping kind of the end of the football season for some, for some groups and where our big 10 uh, journeys going and, uh, just a lot of interesting things with volleyball and basketball emerging. So we're going to catch everybody next week again on two guys in a conversation signing off Steve Ferguson and Brad Moore.